0: Welcome to the Inkfeather podcast, which explores the worlds of sci-fi and fantasy books through those who bring them to life. Every week we chat with authors and industry pros about their books, including new releases and old favorites. I'm Lauren Zurchin from the Inkfeather Collective, and this is episode 48, where I chat with bestselling authors Cass Morgan and Danielle Page. I'm really excited about this episode, you guys. Um, I have been wanting to have them on for a while. And we are here to talk about their book that came out in November called The Ravens. It is a witchy sorority college friendship villain magic story. um, And it's really, really great. I powered through it very easily. Um, It reminded me a lot of kind of some of the YA fantasy that I first fell in love with, like, it had the same kind of vibes as like Vampire Academy and like PC cast and Kristen cast marked like it just I don't know something about the, the way the story flowed, took me back to how I felt when I read those books, which is a wonderful place because I love those books and they're part of the books that got me really interested in YA fantasy back in the day. So it was really cool to kind of have that feeling when I was reading this book, but it is uniquely its own story. Um, It is really well done, and it was so much fun talking to them about this story. Now, Cass is best known for the 100s series, which has been made into a television show, and Danielle is best known for the Dorothy Must Die series, and um, they talk about what it was like working together for the first time. Uh, Cass talks about writing fantasy versus sci-fi. Danielle talks about what it was like writing more, um, you know, realism with her magic, like she didn't have to make up worlds. Uh, Yeah, so we talk a lot about the collaborative process as well as what it was like writing the characters and creating the story uh, and bringing it to life. So it was such a great chat. We talk about Uh, books that they've read recently and just stories that they've sunk back into and yeah so if you are a writer who wants to know what it's like writing with someone else this is a great episode to listen to this is also a really fun episode just to hear some insight from two fantastic well-known authors who write sci-fi fantasy so yeah it was very cool to have them on Before we go on real quick, I just wanted to say thank you to all the listeners. I haven't really said this much um, in the episodes very frequently, but I just appreciate you so much. Um, I have been getting some really cool feedback recently about people who've been telling me listening to the podcast while they're taking walks and that it's like helped them. And, you know, this past year was really hard on so many people, including me. And, uh, you know, so the thought that, my chats with these authors is bringing people joy that you're able to actually gain something as a creative, as a writer, as someone who likes fantasy uh, out of these interviews that that makes me really happy and excited that it's something you can escape into even for a little while. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I appreciate you and I am working hard to bring it to another level this year. I'm uh, actively working to make there be a new episode every single week, um, which so far so good. I have a lot of authors lined up and we're recording and we're scheduling. So things are looking good on that front. Uh, And yeah, I just uh, I'm going to be getting some cool sponsorships in the near future. I have a few on the docket here that I'm talking with, uh, which I'm excited about. But yeah, if you're a fan of this podcast, I would love it if you went to iTunes and just left me a review. Just, you know, Check the five star review, leave a little comment if you want. Um, You know, I would really love to increase my visibility with this podcast since it's something that I am leaning more heavily into this year. And, you know, I can only do that with the help from you listeners. So if you would do that, if you're listening on iTunes, that would be awesome. Uh, I know I have it on Spotify and on SoundCloud as well. And wherever you listen is awesome. That's great. I was just, you know, iTunes is kind of a good staple for podcasts and so that's a good place to leave reviews and to you know but yeah if you if you want to do that that would be great but if not either way I just wanted to say thank you guys because seriously it felt really nice to hear that it was actually bringing people some joy this week so I hope this episode brings you joy as well. Um, If you want to support us in other ways, I do have a Patreon. You can go over there and, you know, for the cost of a coffee a month or a dinner a month, you can support the podcast, help me cover my time because it definitely takes quite a few hours every week to make this podcast and bring it together. Um, I also have some really fun, cool, products that you can buy that are book related. If you go to the Ink Feather shop on Etsy, we have signed author swag from various authors that I've worked with in my fantasy calendars that I photographed. You can get like signed book plates and signed prints. And also if you are in a Zen kind of mode, I recently have a coloring book that I released. I hired 20 artists internationally f- to illustrate my fantasy photography and make kind of this, f- you know, fantasy elaborate adult coloring book so it's really fun um, it's currently on my website it will be on my Etsy store soon but if you want to check it out right now I both I have both physical and digital copies it is on uh, the com. you can go to the shop there and check it out and support me and 20 other international artists who collaborated to make this really fun fantasy project so yeah there are lots of ways to support the podcast uh, but yeah just you listening. Honestly, it's just the best thing because knowing that this is something you enjoy makes me really happy. And I, I really, truly appreciate you guys a lot. So, so yeah, I just wanted to say thanks. Okay, now on to the interview with Cass Morgan and Danielle Page. I hope you enjoy. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast. Hi. Thank you so much. We are so so excited to be be here. (laughs) So, guys, I am really excited to be talking with Danielle Page and Cass Morgan about their new book, The Ravens, that came out in November 2020. It is such a fun book. I I read it, and then I read it, like, did some on audio. So it was such a cool reading experience, which I want to get into. But uh, before we kind of dig into the book, do you want to just maybe introduce yourselves and, like, tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm Cass Morgan. I'm the author of The 100 series, which was the basis for the TV show. And I am also the co-author of The Ravens with Danielle Page. It's my first time writing anything other than sci-fi. It's my first time co-writing. And it has been so fun and so exciting. And I'm totally sold on this process. And I want to write every book for like the rest of my career with a co-author, especially Danielle. I am I am on board with this.
2: Hi, I'm Danielle Page and I'm best known for my Dorothy Must Die series and Stealing Snow and now The Ravens with Cass. We had the best time writing and I adore her and I would write anything with her. And um, we're just excited to be here. And I, I don't know if you want us to tell us to tell you about The Ravens or we'll get there. Yeah,
0: well, we're going to get there. Trust <laughs> me, that's what we're, we're here to talk about that book today. Yeah, for those of you listening, we actually all know each other from a really cool event um, that went on for quite a few years. Another fellow author, Emmy Laybourne, was putting on this event quarterly in New York City called Spine Out, where she asked her author friends to write personal essays. And then they would come and it would be like an event night where they would read those essays. And both of them were in one of the Spine Out events. And I was the photographer for that event. So we would get to like hang out beforehand and just chat. And I, I got to take photos of them. It was really fun. And so this is so cool that I get to finally guys have you guys on and talk about books, finally, which is great. And
2: uh, Lauren, you took those beautiful pictures for my ceiling snow book when it came out, and and we posted them, and we I love them. They're so gorgeous. You're such a great photographer.
0: Oh uh, thank you. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, it's <laughs> fantasies, my thing. So it's fun to kind of have you know, be able to help authors too, and be like, yeah, this actually fits your niche perfectly. So yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It's just so much fun to talk fantasy. And Cass, I actually I'm curious to get your insight onto that too, versus the sci fi thing in a minute here. But I do want to dig into the Ravens. So do you guys at this point have like the elevator pitch for the Ravens down? Can one of you kind of give us a summary of what the book is for those who are listening who maybe haven't read it? I always like Hastor because I think she's better at this one than me.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to take it. I actually don't have my elevator pitch down. It changes every time. So I wish I could sort of crowdsource and find out which is the most effective. But uh, The Ravens takes place at the fictional Westerly College in Savannah. And it follows two main characters. Uh, the character I wrote, Vivi, and the character Danielle wrote, Scarlet. So Vivi shows up on campus, she's had a nomadic childhood and is just really excited to have a regular college experience. But she is invited to rush a very exclusive sorority that everyone on campus admires. The girls are glamorous and mysterious and high achieving and no one really knows their secret. Of course, the secret turns out to be that they're all witches, and Vivi is initiated not only into a world of friendship and sisterhood, but a world of magic and witchcraft. And she is paired with Scarlet, who is her big, and is tasked with training her in the ways of witchcraft and magic. Scarlet comes from a long line of witches, so she's a little frustrated that Vivi's a bit slow on the uptake when it comes to casting spells and... They have a little tension, but they have to put their differences aside when they realize that a uh, dark power is rising on campus and that the girls of Kappa Ronu, a.k.a. the Ravens, are going to be the only ones able to stop it.
2: you you do such a better job than I do yeah I was like that's a really good pitch (laughs) I was was like like, I want to read that book wait
1: we wrote that book yeah like I was like you know what I think it is Lauren you've actually met me a few times at my day job yeah I'm also an editor yeah so like all I do is pitch books all day long and generally books I haven't read yet because my authors haven't always turned in their manuscripts so pitching a book that I've read is so easy compared to what I normally do
2: I think for me, it's the like I can do a TV pitch in like one line, but I feel like the book pitch is supposed to be longer. So if I were pitching our book, I would just say, I I would probably say that it's a a girl attends. Joins the sorority and discovers it's a sorority of witches, and that would be it for me. I would be done. <laughs> so, a little
1: drip, but that's tomorrow. a great elevator pitch. Yeah. Like, mine is like the elevator got stuck between floors <laughs> and you
2: can't get off. And no, we're all but in I think people need to know the witches. rest of it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, I think both are relevant, but yeah, it, it's exactly Danielle. It's like yours is the hook, and then Cass, yours is like the here, let me tell you more and like draw you in with the story, you know? So, I think they're both relevant, and that really is a great, great kind of what the appetite because it it is such a great story. I don't know if anyone has said this to you yet. This was my heart. I used to work at Borders bookstore and I was in the border I was a borderling when when it was like YA fantasy was really just starting and it was like a thing. And this book feels like those books that drew me in. It has like a vampire academy or like PC cast Kristen cast like it has like large broad like a feeling i don't know if it's the campus vibe i was just like this is such a delight to read it just felt fresh yet familiar at the same time and i i blew through this book like it was so much fun to read oh
2: that we love that i think we do think of it as a throwback like in some ways like i think this is our modern take on all the witchy things that we grew up with and hmm. I love Buffy we love the craft we have yep. the same I'm gonna practical magic like I think we had a lot of the same like references and we wanted to and I love those like old school like movies like Sorority Row the horror stuff like I feel like <laughs> we were trying to touch base on like that feeling of those books but also have like a modern take on what would it be like for a girl to be a witch right now and so we thought that hiding in a sorority made like perfect sense
0: yeah i really like totally i like how you have the the sorority be what it is and i also like how you created the magic system as well because it's connected to tarot cards and like the suits and the within the tarots or like the different arcana and i i was really um i thought that was a clever and and fun kind of way to present it especially because elemental magic has been done so many ways so how does it feel new and different and so connecting those all together felt really cool
2: well the magic system is all cast so cast can you you should tell everybody about how you why why tarot means so much to you yeah
1: yeah i mean it was totally collaborative like everything was a collaboration (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we were sort of not struggling I would say but we knew that one of the most challenging parts of planning this book would be coming up with the magic system since we're both such fantasy fans I think we set the bar really high for ourselves which was a daunting task because like you said we had read so many great books that Mm -hmm. did it in so many different ways and we didn't want to be the same yeah we didn't want to be you know repetitive I do have experience with tarot so (laughs) I ended up being a part-time tarot card reader in college, I like stumbled into a Wiccan supply shop near campus and ended up getting swept up in the world. And, and uh, when people heard that I read cards for fun, they started inviting me to be paid entertainment at like dorm social nights. So (laughs) I like went around campus like every Saturday night to a different dorm and would read people's cards. And this was, uh, I guess it would be the same anywhere but this is a college where people are like very stressed out about their high achieving futures so generally people ask should I apply to med school or law school <laughs> and the cards would help me reveal that truth but it was also a close second with a, should I break up with my long distance boyfriend girlfriend those seem to be the anxieties that were bubbling when I was reading tarot in college
0: oh my gosh So it was just something that, I mean, it makes sense because it's like you've got the different, it's four and four, like it just, it fit. I was like, oh, this is clever. Like, I remember thinking like, wow, this is such a cool like take on it. And I, I, cause I love elemental magic, but I, and because like you guys, I've read ad nauseum sometimes, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's hard to feel fresh sometimes. And I thought that was really fun and clever. So yeah, I thought it was really well done. Thank you.
1: And what was, I mean, this is always the fun part about writing a book, but You sort of get credit for things you didn't plan, but actually, Danielle, I don't know, maybe you knew this from the beginning, but I hadn't really thought about the major arcana and the minor arcana. So the way the system works in the books is that you can perform minor spells on your own based on the minor arcana uh, in tarot, but if you want to perform big magic, you have to do it with your full coven, with your sisters beside you. And that just really plays into the theme we want to emphasize, that you know, a single witch is powerful, a coven is unstoppable, but I didn't really make that connection until we started writing. Danielle, was this, I thought like, front
2: I of of that. No, I thought that that's why you picked it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I gave you total credit for that because I think I like, to me I think I totally fed into <laughs> what we had been talking about. Like, why would these girls get together, and it makes sense that they that they would be able to. Like, how did the magic work, and the idea that they would be stronger together was just this theme that we kept talking about from the beginning. And 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 I just think it's we wanted to make this a story about sisterhood and. and empowerment and that just all thread through and the
0: tarot actually just like worked perfectly yeah it it's was really fun so kind of take us through what it was like creating these characters so you said earlier that you each wrote the girls separately I'm guessing you eventually swapped and crossed and it, it flowed very well even though they had different voices and distinct you know personalities tell me I guess take us through creating the story by each taking on a person like or even take a step back, like you said, collaborative first, collaborative process. What, you know, how did how did we get here? How did this book end up coming to be? I had the idea a really long time ago. It
2: was an idea that I had before Dorothy, and I wanted to do a sorority Witch story. And I I pitched it for some TV stuff, but I just never got around to doing it in twenty. 2019 just felt like the right time for for kind of revisiting the idea and I wanted to write it with a friend and we were like Cass and I met a really long time ago and we were like instant friends at a book signing at the New York Public Library I was standing next to her <laughs> and she was or sitting next to her and she was reading from the 100 I was like, oh my god I love her and I didn't know her and we we literally like became friends right away and and so when we were thinking about I was thinking about doing this it was like oh my god I want to write it with a writer sister and Kat I just hope Cass says yes and you did and it, it and then we wrote the story together we broke the story together we had a huge outlining session Mm. and figured out who our girls were and what how the story was going to work and and I think it just and then we went from there and like took our characters and our really distinct outline and and wrote separately and then brought it back together and we had an amazing set of editors who helped us smooth it out but and we did like we gave each other advice on pages but we really did like do it on our own and then bring it back together
0: cast did you have like like your take on it did it feel you said it was your first time and you loved it like why did it feel so awesome like just because of another brain to bounce an idea off of or just the fact that it was with a friend probably both I would guess
1: every yeah everything like writing half a book is such a treat writing a book with a friend is a treat but especially writing a book with a writer I admire. Mm. Um, You know, Danielle really made me want to up my game. I would read her chapters and it would sort of fire my imagination and inspire me to take everything to the next level. And it was also just a wonderful break from science fiction. Uh, That's a genre that is near and dear to my heart. And I've loved writing sci-fi or sort of sci-fi light, as I think Mm. most people would call my books, but it's still science fiction. Um, You know, every scene I have to think about where's the gravity coming from? Where's the oxygen coming from? What is the food supply? You know, how does life work in space or on a planet with very limited resources? And that is fun, but exhausting. And it was such a relief to get to write a scene and not have to worry about Gravity and centrifugal force and oxygen systems. She're just, she's just walking down the street because that's what you can do on Earth. And you can <laughs> wear jeans and you can get McDonald's and everything <laughs> you
2: yeah, I would say that it was also such a it was such a joy to get to write in present time. Like my books sometimes uh, start in present time, but then always go to some fantasy place like Oz or the world in Ceiling Snow*, or like uh, um, and even my favorite godmother books, pure fantasy. You never go to the modern world. And just, so just to be in the modern world and have like modern references and just to like not have to create that was actually so much easier and then having a partner to bounce things off of Mm -hmm. and to again raise your game because like Cass, because she's an editor, and because she's such a great writer, you write these like perfect chapters, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to go back and make mine better. <laughs> um, so, and I, like getting to bounce, like I think it was Cass's idea to change one of our parties in the n- new book, and it was just like, oh my god, that's such a better idea than the one we had when we were outlining, and then we can just adjust everything. But it was, and having someone to bounce off the, like, am I going too far with my magic? Is it okay to take someone's heart out? And cast it like reel me in or say, or egg me on, like whichever one. So to like, yeah, have it's
0: all, all the way. responsibilities. Uh, by the way, I love that you so casually like, like kick heart out. Yeah, I was just to be like, so yeah. casually, like, is it, you know, is it okay? Like, uh, is it? I don't know. <laughs> like, yes, no. <laughs> it I did don't... not. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I really wanted to, and, I have to say. <laughs> and
1: our skills were really complimentary. Like, it, um, it sounds like it, yeah. I As a reader, world building is something I've always admired, but something that has always sort of tripped me up as a writer. And then, you know, I would read Danielle's chapters where she was introducing the magic systems. And the magic really started, like, that's where it starts, like, crackle for me. Like, I could feel the energy and I could sort of smell the smoke in the air. And I sort of really understood what magic was capable of doing in our world. And it felt sort of abstract for me. When I wrote my first draft and then when I read Danielle's chapters, that's when I felt like really immersed in the system and sort of excited to have fun with it a little bit more, which I don't know, I may have gotten to that point eventually on my own, probably not, but just having sort of a co-author to supercharge that element of my own creative process was so fun.
2: I think that you would have gotten there on your own. And I think your chapters <laughs> are so beautiful. <laughs> and you also brought something else to the book, that you went down to Savannah right before, what during writing. And mm-hmm. I haven't been to Savannah since I was a kid. So it was, you did the actual physical research for us because we were sat there and, and like, I remember things and you like go online and look up stuff But you really had, like your very first chapter, the very first draft that like, gave us like the feel of mm-hmm. Savannah, which I think I remember from Midnight from G- good and evil, which we both love. and like like and trying to remember like the feeling but you really just had it and I think that really like colored our book and, oh, and put I us there. I appreciate
1: that. Yeah I thought it'd be cap- I'd be capable of doing all my research online and doing YouTube walking tours and using Google Maps and Google Images when I realized the only tree I was describing was live oaks and Spanish moss and I realized. Like, I gotta get down there. I gotta see like, what it actually
0: looks like, <laughs> and smells like, and tastes like. I mean, there are definitely worse places to go than Savannah. Savannah is amazing. So like, yeah. what a beautiful, I did a, a walking ghost tour there. Oh, like it was really fun and weird. It was, or it was really great. So yeah, it is. And I felt, you know, I felt the vibe of the city while I was in the book, which was really cool. And just that it has such a unique, distinct feel um so yeah it was that's so cool but and just listening to you guys I'm like I wish you could see how big the grin is on my face right now because Uh. I more than almost anything as a professional creative collaboration to me is like the best because you bring things that would never have possibly existed on their own because you have two brains making something new and it's like you get different and you feed off each other and I just I love that so much so hearing this I'm like yep tell us tell us why it's awesome keep telling us like it's so good you know so hearing you guys are like the poster (laughs) girls for why you know and it's that whole you know I just think of like collaboration over competition the art thing of like you know we're all we're all in this together and we can make beautiful things and make fun art and just the idea of the two of you sitting down to like outline a book and be like oh we could do this or we could do this or we could do this i just that just sounds delightful to me
2: (laughs) for me like my i got my start in soap so i uh, i had this period of time where i got to work with a bunch of different people and, Mm. and it was always about like what is the best idea and it doesn't matter where that idea comes from and like having a partner on a project it's like we get this great final result and and no one knows who did well we know who wrote which character but like the great ideas came from both of us like they can't and you like you, you just get to you get a better thing than you would have created on your own and that is kind of one of the great joys of collaboration other than just the joy of getting to write with an like an actual friend who I would I wish that I'd gotten to have a million drinks with this year but
0: instead we got <laughs> we at least have this you know. I know, like Zoom, Zoom hangouts. And yes, yes. oh oh my gosh. Did you, I mean, it sounds like you guys wrote separately and came back, but I'm just curious since you're both working together for the first time, did you find anything interesting with each other's like creative styles or styles of writing that the other person did that you didn't or thought was interesting, just in a craft way?
2: I was actually so surprised at how, easily our voices melted together like Mm. i thought that there would be more it would take more effort even though we definitely have the same sensibility and we we really love each other but like i there was no friction at all about like the style or how we wrote each character or i even when we went back and did our voice passes i can only think of maybe like 10 lines that i changed of scarlet's like in your chapters because like you got the voice like you just so if anything it was like it was even easier than i thought
1: Yeah, I was uh, really surprised by that. And I know people who know me very well and my writing very well who said they couldn't tell who wrote which section. So I'm I'm glad it came so easily. And it seems like we pulled it off.
2: And I think and even when we were deciding who was going to write Vivian, who was going to write Scarlett, Mm. who got the good girl and the not so good girl. Like, I feel like either of us could have written either character. Like, it was just because you do such a great, sarcastic, like, Mean girl voice, if you wanted to, as do I. <laughs> but it was like one of those moments of, like, well, you totally could do that. But like, I want to do this. What? Like, it, it was, it worked out perfectly. So I'm just, I'm glad that we fit together so well. And I'm glad that we're friends. <laughs>
0: Me oh, too. That's so cute. I love you guys. <laughs> that's so great. I love that we're friends. It's so cute. No, but it's, it's seriously, this book was like, it's such a nice, you know, to come out of that. And it was such, like I said, it was such a pleasure to read. And it was easy to read. And I really enjoyed the dynamics of the characters. And I love that you kind of took us through it's obviously it's not like an enemies to lovers trope, but it's like an enemies to good friends, like heart sisters, in a sense, trope like you have to they end up having to like each other in a way that is really deep and personal. I guess kind of walk us through the idea between these girls and why you made them the way you did.
1: I sort of like the comparison you made between enemies to lovers because, you know, a lot of times female friendships aren't taken as seriously in fiction. Mm. The best friend is normally sort of the side character of sorts of unconditional support, which is a really wonderful portrayal of friendship. But, you know, friendship isn't always easy and it can be as complicated as a romantic relationship. And, you know, Danielle always says it so well, and now I'm just going to crib you, but how... (laughs) You know, so many of the meaningful relationships in your life are with your girlfriends and they, you know, provided just as much emotional support as romantic relationships. So we wanted to honor that and sort of explore the depths of it. But we also wanted there to be sources of tension, which is why we thought it'd be fun to have a newbie witch and an established witch who approached the world of magic from very different perspectives.
2: And I, yeah, I would just second that. I feel like we were really looking at at our own lives and how our girlfriends are such a big part of them and how those relationships have arcs just as much as Mm -hmm. like our romantic relationships have arcs and and so we get to have a cute meet that's not so cute when they meet and then they they evolve into like into to if not friends like allies by the end of the first book and hopefully like friends you know so I feel like they're I love that and I also think we were trying to toy with the idea of of just women like learning girls learning how to not take each other down and how to like be supportive And I think even in our own, we did like a panel with Amber Benson uh, for Y'all Fest. And we, I think we went back and like changed a couple of scenes after talking about like how about women and how we should support each other and how, Mm. you know, even in just, there's another sorority in the second book. I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but maybe I am. But I think the the blurb's up and it mentions it. so. So yeah. And so, and there's some witchiness happening and we, we like, and just in our, and taking care of the way that we speak about other women and other girls. Like, I think we had to take a second look because there's so much, I don't know, a cattiness that, that is like in our society. And I think we, we had to, be careful ourselves
0: i mean even Absolutely. the terminology of witch like oh you're witch like she's a witch is seen as like you know essentially she's it's a derogatory even like if you're mad at someone or like you know it's a, their mood or their i actually just watched a, a k drama that that was the the girl's nickname because she was like gung ho and didn't take no for an answer and I, and that was like the the joke of her like you know like they called her that to make fun of her so it you know the fact that you're able to embrace uh, like and try to enforce reinforce the friendship bonds and that's why i was saying it's not lovers obviously because they weren't lovers but that there was like an energy there that was more intimate than just casual friends so i wasn't quite sure what the word was but you you know you got there
1: (laughs) absolutely Uh, and that's what was you know so attractive to me when danielle came to me with the idea like you know i've always been fascinated by witches i read all about them growing up i watched every movie but you know the trope that kept returning again and again was the idea of the witch as the consummate outsider a powerful outsider you know one who had the potential to threaten you know the patriarchy and other forms of the you know social hierarchy but she was on the fringes of society for that reason and of course that is you know very much rooted in the history of the persecution of women and and witches in our society so but I love the idea of turning it on its head and having the witches in this book be the consummate insiders the girls you know in this exclusive sorority who everyone admires and that their witchiness is their source of power and authority and it doesn't sort of relegate them to the fringes of society. I thought that was such a a fun theme to play with.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely agree. I think we were trying to play with with that and, and... I guess like taking the idea of of having that much power and what if you used it to make yourself an insider, to make yourself have the power, like Mm. to find a way around society to put women in the center. And I think that using a sorority as like our center made sense. And the sense that sororities also have this really complicated history. And so we created this fantasy sorority that doesn't have some of the negative connotations that some sororities have. Mm. So the girls are brought together by their power and they're not They don't discriminate on any any other grounds like it's they pick the most powerful people with the most potential and without any regard to to race or to social hierarchy. And they they bring in these girls because they have the power.
0: I'm guessing at least one of you, if not both of you, are in a sorority in college neither of us (laughs) neither of you you. (laughs) no I wasn't either so I was just curious because you were saying you had this idea Danielle I was thinking specifically if you're like you had it because you had that experience I have some friends who were in some I do I
2: had I actually like had friends at school and they they loved it and they had different reasons for it and I just never I never joined I had the joy of like going to the parties without like going through the rush system or Mm -hmm. any of those things so i knew all i knew a lot of the secrets without having having joined and i'm not knocking sororities in any way like i think that they're they are a source of sisterhood and great things but at at some schools you know there are horrible stories about girls that have excluded people on for reasons that are horrible so and there's hazing and there's hazing (laughs) a lot of a lot of stuff that shouldn't be happening but i do think that sororities in the last few years are trying to do better and i think like there's been a lot of talk about some campuses even considering getting rid of them because of their histories. Mm-hmm. So I, we were creating kind of our fantasy sorority that is like based on all the good things that sisterhood can be, uh,
0: not about any sense of exclusion. So I hope that that's what is coming across. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very evident because, you know, like you said, personality wise, our two leads are very different <laughs> as how they their life, the way they live their lives, everything about them are very opposite in many ways and so yet they were both in this sorority for these same reasons and had similar parts that brought them there so yeah i mean that totally makes sense yeah it's interesting when you're saying like about the history too like i know most states aren't like this but like in pennsylvania where i live you can't the girls actually can't have houses because it's legally a law still that i guess more than seven women together is a brothel (laughs) <laughs> oh no. wow or something i can't remember the number but there's some number <laughs> so like on campuses there's fraternity houses all the dudes have a big house but there are no girl houses in pennsylvania yeah because we're brothels apparently which
2: is... that's amazing that is a so detail that i need to look up that's incredible um <laughs> yeah. i went to columbia and we the sororities did not have houses and the fraternities did have houses and i think it i thought it was just because like college shouldn't get wasn't actually co-ed until like 1980 which is insane because they had a sister oh school, they still have a sister school but they have a sister school barnard which is still there but the actual college did not get 1980 wow. yeah it was i think it was the last of the ivs that got got no. uh, but so so we had a an interesting like uh setup in terms of uh, and i think that people at bar, the girls school could not join a shorty like it was a rule so it was just mm. i think that they might have changed that by now but it's a very interesting dynamic
0: I mean, I'm sure Pennsylvania is probably not the only state. Also, we're not a state, we're a commonwealth. I don't know if that, you know, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I just remember like, that's the reason why is that we, uh, we would be a brothel by law definition, so. And
1: yeah, whether people believe in witches or not, they've always been afraid
2: of the power
1: of women congregating. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. So yeah, so we're trying to take that power back and have fun with it. And we've really just loved getting to write this book together.
0: So there is a – it is a duology, yes? Yes. Yes. So the second book is called The Monarchs. It's out next year, right? Early next year? Yeah. Our original date for release was supposed to be in January, and we moved up
2: to November. So now we're oh. keeping the – but no, ours, but it for our next – for the book two, we're still
0: sticking to January. So it'll be oh, gotcha. a little bit over a year. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. So what can you tell us about book two? Is there anything interesting or, or- – even with like the writing process, creation process, or just the story itself, any anything you can share?
1: Yeah, you know, we had a pretty scary bad guy in the first book. Mm. And so of course the challenge is always, how do you up the ante? How do you raise the stakes? And I think we pulled it off. So I'm not going to reveal who the ultimate antagonist is, but a lot of the tension stems from the Ravens rivalry with another sorority on campus, like Danielle mentioned, who may have uh, come up with a source of power of their own Uh, so that was really fun and we had to introduce like a whole new cast of characters so you know normally the easy part of a sequel is that you already know all your characters so well but we had a lot of work to do figuring out who these new girls were
0: so that was really fun.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. because I already tipped the whole sorority thing.
0: <laughs> it's all good. No, that's great. I mean, it's it's it is an interesting premise, like the idea of, of because especially if it's an exclusivity thing. And now all of a sudden, wait, who are these people? Like, I can see that being an interesting dynamic. And especially, too, if you think about it, like in the first in this first book, there were still like trying to find balance of different personalities within the group, let alone now it's a different group and there's two groups. So I can see that being really fun to kind of play off each other for sure. Yes. Yes. We had fun. Are you guys working on any solo projects right now as well or... I
2: have a Fairy Godmother book that's coming out and it's done, but it's uh, coming out in November. I don't think we've announced the name yet. And uh, we're working on the cover right now. I'm excited. It's a Fairy Godmother origin story. because oh, cool. I always wonder, like, where the heck she came from and why is she there and, you know, what's her deal? So that's, that's one thing. And then I have a couple of comics in the works and an audio thing that hopefully is happening. And I think that's it.
0: Oh, just that. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing around with a few things. I haven't quite. Bit the bullet yet? Bit the bullet. I'm not ready to bite the bullet and decide, pull the trigger, and uh, decide which one of those I want to invest the next, you know, year or so of my life yet. Mm. So, um, it's that fun early phase of the creative process.
0: Well, and that's where you can just sort of let things simmer on the back burner and and what see what keeps coming up and what feels good and what you connect with and and also, you know, we all have to keep in mind like this past year has been very strange psychologically for so many of us. So what book you connect with now might not have been the same book you connected with if this year hadn't happened. So that will be really interesting to kind of listen to yourself and see as well. That is yeah. such a good point. Yeah. I, I love that. that. Yeah. I mean, I like I was just saying it's the truth though because like i mean think about it we've all had to pivot our lives and function in a totally different way you know yeah it's just i mean the mental strain of this continuous pandemic and the isolation and the sickness that is risking all of us and all of the other things and that have happened i mean it's it's gonna affect us and what we connect with and what we're feeling so you know that doesn't surprise me it'll be really interesting to see what story comes out I love looking at it that way. Thank you. I
2: do too. And I, I love that moment that you like in between projects where you, where you don't know what the next thing is, even though you're noodling with some stuff, because like, I, I feel like we get on this as writers who who have been really lucky to get to write a lot of books in our career. Like you cast, you've been like on a schedule, like where you were like writing one book after another, after another while editing, like for, mm-hmm. you know, the last like six, seven years. So like this, like to have a minute where you get to decide like, what am I going to do
0: next? is cool.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. And also just having one job for a little bit. It's fun.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also creatively, it's like the, not to use ravens as a, as a thing, but the shiny, the shiny, you know, Ooh, this new project and this. Cause sometimes once you start one, then it's like, Ooh, this looks more interesting over here. And so actually like sussing it out and seeing which one feels <laughs> the best is really I mean, that's smart. And that's great that you can do that, too. So cool. It sounds like we have some good things to look forward to, at least. Have either of you read anything good lately? I like to always ask my authors if they've read anything. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be sci-fi fantasy. Obviously, this is a sci-fi fantasy podcast, but I know my readers read across the board. So just anything that you think was good or worth talking about? Uh, Cass and I just both read Influence because we had a talk with Sarah Shepard and Lilia
2: Buckingham this week. So that was my last book. And I thought it was super fun. It's like about an influencer, like little a group of influencers, and and there's a murder, and they have to figure out the and pull together. It's it, that's in some ways it it feels like The Ravens, but without magic. Mm. So that was fun.
0: I think so. One of the authors doesn't she have like a million followers or something? She's like legit influencer, isn't she?
2: She, she yeah. is. Yeah. That's cool. She was and yet, so like, nice and so Incredibly incredible. sweet. Like, just that, like, we talked to her and she was, like, the nicest nicest
0: child. She's, like, 18. <laughs> oh, gosh, my god! Oh, adorable. we're so old. The nicest child. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, though, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: sort of going back to what you were saying, Lauren, about the sort of weirdness of this year. I've had, for the first time in my life, I've had trouble reading new mm-hmm. books. So I've just been returning to some old favorites. So right now I'm in the middle of... Maybe my eighth read of The Secret History. Before that, I just reread Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which is one of my all-time favorites. And before that, I read Bridget Jones' Diary for probably like the 25th time in my (laughs) life. So it's sort of frustrating that I don't have the energy or the attention span to turn to new books right now. But it's also been really wonderful hanging out with some old friends during this difficult time.
0: I reread a lot. I reread for comfort a lot. So I totally- What's your
1: go-to? Like, what have you read, you know, 20 times? Weirdly- Oh, 20 times.
0: I don't know. Or whatever. More I'm than. I'm trying to thought. think like see when I reread it's for escapism. It's totally escapism. I'm like I'm numbing out. So I tend to like fall back into like urban fantasy series because they're long. There's multiple books Yeah. and I can just sort of zone oh, out. Cool. I already know these people, so I can just like I know what's coming. I love audiobooks, so I'll just like listen. So there's some, you know, I love like The Dresden Files. I love Janine Frost. I love Shannon Maguire. Like, you know, it's fun so just to listen to these Patricia Briggs so yeah I'll just revisit old urban fantasies and just like put them on and just you know say hi to my shape-shifting vampire-y friends (laughs) that that sounds sounds fabulous
2: (laughs) Do that That makes me want to do a reread and also Bridget Jones I haven't read that in a million years and I love those books oh my gosh
1: I actually listened to those on audiobooks over and over again that's a good idea it's one of the most Delightful experiences.
2: Who does the voice for them? Does, does she do the voice for them? Does Renee no, do the voice for them or someone um, else?
1: No, it's two. Actually, so I listened to the first one and then the sequel sort of um loop when I'm stressed. And they have different <laughs> narrators, but they're both wonderful. And I mean, they were probably recorded before the Bridget Jones movie, but it's just. Yeah, it's just laugh out loud funny. I wish there were 10 more. I also do a lot of Sophie Kinsella. Um, Oh, I I love love Sophie Kinsella. Over and over again. Yes, I find those are like ultimate, like,
0: comfort listens for me. Yeah. I love that. Or like a good, oh, sometimes there's a couple like Kristen Ashley romances. I'm like, oh, just sink back into it. It's like, you already know the story, but it's like the nice to revisit and go along for the ride again. And, you know, you don't have to think. It's weird. Like, reading this year, I had a similar, not totally similar, but... For the first time in my life, I went through a phase where I wasn't finishing books that I liked. So I was like Mm. reading and I got like 70% done. And then I had to put them down for some reason because like usually I'm prepping for an interview like this. And I'm like, I need to make sure I get this other book read. But I never would not pick them back up before, like especially if I'm 70% done. I have a whole slew of books. I have a few that I haven't
2: finished this year, too, and I it is unusual for me. I used to have, like, a role that I had to finish before I started a new one, and then at some point I was like, okay, this is insane. I ha- I'm allowed to move on, but I, there are so many books I want to go back to, and now I need to do a reread for
0: comfort now that you've told me. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just... I, <laughs> It's like a a cug, a especially when you're like, oh, I love these characters, and it's, you know, it it's... That's one of the things about big series, too, is, like, you can... Just go, oh, I love these guys and just, I don't know. But I I, I have never done Bridget Jones. I've never read that. So I'm like, I'm going to do the audio. I love that already. I'm like, all right. Oh, I'm so jealous that you'll be doing it for the
2: first time. I also... Uh,
0: Go ahead, Danielle. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I think I need to do that, too. You're totally Yay. inspiring me. And I, I hate to confess this, but I have never read The Secret History. I actually pitched it to my book club this year, and they ended up selecting something else of mine. But I was like, I really think I should read this because this is so many people's, like, favorite book. And it's such a. I uh, speaking of college and weird stuff that happens, but I've heard, yeah. um, it's, yeah. I've heard it's amazing, so – yeah, that's another one I need to read. It's just that that's just it. That's the the problem with the rereading, too. Is it's like
2: there's so many books, and I just picked up the new, um, the great Gatsby like book, the one about Nick and I called Nick. and I just haven't, I haven't, I, I read the first page. Like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for someone to retell any part of great Gatsby yet, mm-hmm. even though I have an idea for one, but I'm not doing it right yet. But <laughs> I was just like, I want to, I want to read those,
1: Lauren. If slash when you read the secret history, you have to let me know so we can talk about it. So I I reread it all the time, but right now, what I'm struck by maybe because I've, you know, just written a bunch of books and I'm always editing books is that, you know, it's a thriller. It's sort of, it's not even a murder mystery because you find out who dies in the prologue, but yeah, there's a spoiler on the first page. And, but the book is so tense, even without that, with that, and I'm like trying to figure out how she does it, like how does she create that tension and that sense of mm. urgency and dread when you know what's gonna happen it's It's masterful,
0: yeah, i It's so hard too. I mean, we're all in the book industry in some fashion and connected, obviously. But it's like I have so many books to read. Like I don't. I obviously don't interview if I don't at least read like half of the book. I try to read the whole thing if I can help it. But so it's it's hard because you know finite, and especially with me with arcs, I you know there aren't usually audio books advanced. So it's hard because I'm like I have to sit and read, and I have to actually read. I can't like put an audio book on and do other things, you know. So. I know, but I I could I could do audiobook of that. Did you do audiobook of that one? Is it good on audio? Do you know?
1: I haven't. For my like very, very favorite books, I generally... Actually, that's not true, because Jonathan Strange, I do the audio. But sometimes when the voice is so distinct in my head, I don't want to replace mm. it with someone else. But then I never regret it. Like I'm never like, oh, I wish I hadn't listened to that on audio. It always enhances the experience for me.
0: Yeah. There I, f- I find that these days, especially because audiobooks are such a big thing, that I feel like... Actually, I think I did the Dorothy, most of the Dorothy books on audio, actually, now that I'm thinking about I it. A, I have a good narrator. She's great. Yeah. Like, I feel like the narrators, like, that is something they make sure they get narrators should bring their A game because, yeah. like, audio books are, like, such a huge thing these days. But yeah, it, oh, maybe I'll have to do those on audio. That's, that's really interesting. All right. Well, but I like
2: to, I like to read first. Like, I like to read before I listen to anything on audio because I feel like I, I don't, there's something about, the, it's such more like more visceral for me to read at first
0: but mm. I need to try more audio yeah it took me a long time to get into audio I used to try I tried a few different. I can actually remember specific books too that I was like try and I just couldn't get into it was the whole like while I was driving and then it would make me tired and I'm on a road trip and this isn't good. And, but then I, I it was actually, it was the Dresden files by Jim butcher that got me into really listening because the is James Marsters from spike from Buffy. So, oh my God. Yeah. So how can you not love him? And, and I don't know if any of you guys have read the the Dresden files, but they're, you know, the main character is this super snarky dude who's just over everybody's crap all the time. And it's, Really funny to hear that voice all the time. And he does such a great job. That's yeah, cool. So, and it made me go, oh, this is a thing. And then, you know, you find your favorite audio narrators and. You know there are some like some men just have like super sexy voices and you're like oh I listen to anything <laughs> he says. There's one guy named Steve West man, woo his voice is beautiful. <laughs> and anyone who listened to heard him is like he's I mean he's like done a gazillion of them but he is just a beautiful voice. So like it just makes the experience it's like a hug while you're listening. So
2: yeah, I, I just love. Well, that, yeah. I definitely have to take a deep dive into the audio stuff
0: well i just like it because you can do it while you're doing other things especially if you're like you're into a book and like oh crap now i have to run an errand or i'm have to go somewhere you can continue your reading experience you know what i mean i did the ravens like half and half i actually really enjoyed the narrator for this book oh
2: that's awesome
1: cool.
0: i've been sort of secretly tempted to listen to it it's, yeah, yeah i
2: haven't done it yet I, I, we have the audio files and i haven't i need to at least listen to what it sounds like i haven't done that
0: no she did a really great job i i thought it was I it didn't you know, there was nothing about it that bothered me because uh, a lot of times you can have like, ah eh, that's annoying. And then you just ignore it or get over it. But there wasn't anything like that for me. So as someone who is pretty big audio reader, I, I was very I was happy. So they did a good job. I'm very glad. Cool. Awesome. Ladies, this was so good. I'm so glad we got to talk. me too and it's just so nice to
2: catch up with you i had no idea you were doing this this is so cool thank you so much for having
0: us yeah all right those of you listening thank you so much for tuning in this week we will be back next week with another episode if you want to support us you can go check out our patreon ink feather books but for now this is lauren and danielle and Cass saying bye. bye bye bye